Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm stoked to jump back on the mic with a dear friend. You've heard her here before, none other than Jackie Carr. Jackie Carr is known for so many things. And most recently, Jackie Carr is known for quitting the gram. A woman who I had defined as an influencer who had brands knocking on her door. You know, she would take pictures of her whole life. I think one of her most well-known posts had her pumping shortly after giving birth to her third daughter and the world went wild for her true authentic self (laughs) until she told us that heck instagram's a facade and i don't want to take pictures of my coffee cups or my books anymore i want to drink my coffee and read my books and be present with my daughter while i have appreciated her realness in all aspects in life i said if you hit delete and really quit the gram i want to get you back on the pod and hear what life is like on the other side And that's just what this conversation was. I hope you enjoy and don't blame me if you start saying hello to new friends at coffee shops, meeting humans and their dogs, and maybe eliminating resting bitch face. You heard it here first, my friends. Enjoy this one. Jackie Carr, you're a boomerang guest back on the pod because you quit Instagram. And I (laughs) said, I need to give you a moment to exhale And then we need to dive in and start right there, right where you quit Yeah. to today. Welcome back. Good to be back. Instagram free and Facebook free. I deleted that too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Tell us the why. I called it a metamorphosis. Get it? Metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's right. So I wrote about this. Actually, I started a sub stack. I said 33 reasons I left Instagram and I just went nuts. And the reasons to leave were bigger than the reasons to stay, which I love a good pros cons list. And I love listening to my intuition for a year, Steph, I had done month breaks, like one week, three days this month, two weeks this month. And I did them in my community online. I was like, let's take a break together. Let's, you know, explore where our thumb goes when we don't have the app and it still looks for it. So weird when you're looking for a ghost app. And that was fine. And I realized like, this is nice to take breaks. Here's the kicker. The number one reason I left, I started to speak to myself in captions and I felt that my identity, because Instagram was my name, like it was my full name. My identity had collapsed with a tech program, like that that's made with gambling machines in Vegas. Like they literally consulted that. And I also thought my creativity was being really contrived. And so those big things, collapse of identity, addiction, and creativity gone were enough for me to say, this isn't even how I want to be living my life, much less seeing my children see me, how I'm living my life and running a business. Of course, the caveat there is like, I have to figure out how to do business without Instagram which we can talk about, but for the most part, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't miss it. Mm. It shocks me still. Yeah. Okay. These are mic drops. Like it's a big deal. You had a big following thousands of followers. 
you were an influencer, you were a partner with brands, brands came to you, it grew your business, it was a platform, and you just cut it off, like, not slowly leaving, you declared a date, and it was gone and done. And I just want that to land with folks so that people know that change in large magnitudes is really, (laughs) really possible at the click of a button, quite literally. Yes. So it's deleted. Now, what is your relationship with taking pictures on your phone now, knowing that this isn't a photo for the gram? This isn't a photo to be edited. Do you still take photos? Do you take more? Do you take less? I still take photos. I'm a huge photo junkie. Like even when I had Instagram, I would still go look at my own photos. Like I love taking pictures. What's not on my phone is pictures of bullshit. Like the book I'm reading or the coffee cup I emptied earlier that I would post in stories a hundred billion times a week. And so that's nice that the pictures now, the pictures now are like moments or videos I want to capture of like my youngest daughter crawling yesterday or my other daughter is losing a tooth and this thing is like hanging on by a thread and just so disgusting. So yeah, taking pictures of that. And I'm learning like a new communication format. You know, I did keep up with friends in DMs or make plans in DMs. Like even before we got on this podcast, like my friend called me and we caught up and people text or I'm like, oh, I could text this to my mother-in-law. I'll send her a photo of the baby. And my girlfriend from California that I'm good friends with had once said even years ago, like I took a three month break a couple of years ago. She's like, how do I keep up with what you're doing? Call me. You you text me. And so we've been trying to pop on the phone this week just to catch up. And it's nice to talk to people because even when she said that to me a couple of years ago, I'm like, how do I know what you're doing? I'm like, well, you never know what I'm doing because Instagram is a facade. There was just so much that started to rub with my value system, my belief system, and how I want to operate and live in community with the world mm-hmm. that no longer worked with what was becoming a popularity contest on Instagram. And I know you called me an influencer. I was a very micro influencer. And I think I didn't really love that title. Like, I'd met a parent at my daughter's school and I met one of her friends and he's like, oh, you're the influencer. And I was like, ew, that's not who I am. Listen, no offense to influencers, y'all. It is a amazing way to connect and make money. More power to you. I did it too for a little bit, but I have so many ands. I'm a speaker. I love coaching people. I write, I write poems now. And I also have children's book ideas and I know you have a lot of these too, Steph, and I want to be known for those. And I think when trendy things like social media hit, you get put in a container that you're an influencer. And I just, I don't mind if that was an and, but it became the whole thing. Like I was saying, it became the whole identity and you can either choose your job or let the jobs choose you. I realize even if I'm good at something, it doesn't mean I have to do it. Mm, Yeah. Beautiful. It's so sage. And I appreciate your candor. I wanted to chat with you when you had some time to be in the life without the gram. 
And please know that I don't call you an influencer. It's a downgrade. And it's wild of like, I saw you as that. And you're like, wait, don't put that title on me. It's not what I want. And I was like, ah, right. Where are we putting titles on people, labels on people that really don't feel true to them? And then how do we unravel that? And what is that experience when it is only over technology? So I have to ask, you mentioned community we so see you as, you know, the beacon of community and a connector everywhere we go. And so how have you morphed that? Yes, you friends pick up the phone. Yeah. I'm more curious about like, what is community? Do you feel like you're on the phone meeting people for coffee 24 seven? I can't imagine you being that type of person now. Well, no, no. I mean, my old self totally would have, but with three right. kids, no way. And I probably will again, but at this point in my life, I definitely committed to doing one in real life event a month. So that's something I've been trying this year, January, February, March. I've done that. Well, March is coming up this weekend, doing ice bath and sauna event with another woman owned business. She's a therapist and XPT coach. And so my goal was to still be a stand for people getting together in real time and doing cool things that push us a little bit. Like, I had a bone broth tasting event. I had an astrology event doing ice bath and sauna. I think I'll do a public speaking event before the summer. And while this one will be on zoom, I'm doing a hypnotherapy event just so people explore the edges. And I think that's what I'm doing in my life is like, can I be on the edge versus in the fold? Right. In social media, I think I got lazy. I was like, oh, let's post something. I don't care. Like, I want to care about stuff. And so I am exploring all the ways to be in connection. And so, you know, your question of community is like, where is community now? Right. Mm -hmm. I love going to work at coffee shops or a library, or I have a really rad co-working space in Denver. I'm a part of then of course events. I do have online stuff still. It's not like I've gone completely analog. What a dream, but I'm not going to do that on Substack. So I write there and then I've been doing more on LinkedIn. Like I'm curious of what I think about a more connective tissue through career or purpose. What's that look like now? Not as a replacement to Instagram by any means, but as a way to inform where community is and where I want to be. Totally, totally. You mentioned caring and you want to care. And I think I came burling into 2023, really curious about chat GPT and AI. I call chat GPT my little robot boyfriend. I'm really into playing around with it. It is hilarious to me. And yet I resisted it. And I was like, no, it's here. This is a big deal. It's no joke. And my commitment is to play with it in a way that allows me to be so clear on what I do care about so deeply, like the places that it can't be where we care. So with that, I ask you, what do you really care about right now? I haven't dabbled in chat GPT, just so you know. It's one of my fears, to be honest, when my name was on Instagram and a robot could write my content. And I loved it being me for a while when Instagram was a little more original, like you weren't being exposed to ads or other people's things that they think you might like, like it was like really choice-based. And I don't know how I feel about 
chat GPT. I really don't. I haven't dove enough far enough. I've read a couple articles. I do believe a troll was using chat GPT to write to me recently. So that was interesting enough, just like turning around all my words. I also am really clear that like, I'm not going to be anti-tech. That would be not a way I'm going to raise my children, but I also want to be really aware of how these things make me feel. Mm -hmm. And we are being experimented on. And can we also be in experimentation with the platforms in front of us? When you ask me what I care about, that's it. Mm -hmm. I care about us being experimental with what feels good in our bodies, in our lives, in our choices, in our community. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised I've never like detoured or pivoted to more of like a somatic therapy or body-based work. But I also know I'm already doing that anyways. I ask people on all my calls, like, how does that goal make you feel? What does this vision allow now? Like, these are all questions of the body and the brain. And so if you ask me what I care about, I care about my family. I care about being a good mother. I care about being great to my friends and making sure that I am aligned to my strengths so that I can provide and be on purpose. I love being on purpose. I love, love, love knowing that someone gains a resource, confidence, connection to their voice, a feeling of friendship and support through interaction with me as a human, an imperfect human. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. I've never cared more about this human experience and what it means to be human. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter. We call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. I I'm working with a coach right now who had me go through the wheel of life, which we all know. And, you know, it feels like it comes up often. And I think it's neat to go back to the wheel. And he's like, you have many categories that are really high. And what would a 10 look like? And, you know, the famous question, what does the 10 look like? And I paused because I'm like, you know what, coach, I think what an 11 would look like (laughs) is X, Y, or Z. And like, I actually feel so full at my nine. And, you know, for people who haven't done the wheel of life, there's different sections, different compartments of your life, and you rate them on a scale of one to 10. My point in sharing this is when he asked me about my contribution to community and my relationship with gratitude, it really stopped and dropped me more than any other area on the wheel. And I said, what if that is the whole darn point? Because the section before that was this is funny, you'll laugh, you know, he's like, well, there's a mission and a career and a hobby. But I said, well, that's like my life. He's like, no, no, no. Like your career is what you do at work. And your mission is, and I was like, yeah, my my mission is why I wake up in the morning. And my career is this beautiful company. And it's all one. So let's talk about like what I'm doing in this other sphere called community and contribution. And he was like, oh, I didn't think you could like put everything together like that. And I was like, got it. We are so segmented. And while I love the wheel of life, I'm like, these segmentations, like the wheel only works if it all works. And it's not to say we don't have different layers or levels. All of it to be said, 
community contribution, I will throw the white flag on the field is not on the internet. And I care more than ever about what that can look like. And it feels like micro dosing of contribution. And I really, really love that. I really want to know, like, how are you micro dosing goodness in the world these days? Can you tell me, can you riff? Honestly, I think my priority in my life at this point with my children so young and knowing that so much of their brain and their inner voice is being shaped by mine, I feel immense responsibility to be taking care of my nervous system, taking care of my health, figuring out sleep. And that would feel like a huge, I mean, almost bigger than a microdose, to be honest, is Mm -hmm. the quote, I think Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, go home and love your children. And that's what I'm doing. Like you said, all these other pieces though, have to fall into place. If I'm stressed out from work, if my marriage is stressed, if my relationships with my friends feel stressed, like there are so many different pieces of our lives to give attention to. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that though, through this promise to raise children with choice choice to listen to their body, choice to cut their hair the way they want, which just got their hair cut and they got to pick it, right? It's not my choice, it's their hair. And I obviously want to lead them and have a voice when needed, but I think choice at the forefront and having a conversation around it. And so that would be like my main focus. And my marriage is a huge part of that. I really am so obsessed with my partner. And I have always felt that communication and partnership, whether it's someone you're married to, whether it's someone you have a beautiful best friendship with, whether it's someone you work with, all of that encompasses partnership. And so those things happening inside my house have such a trickle of what I'm doing outside my house. This is a funny detour, but when you talk about microdosing community, this is it. I've been thinking a lot about RBF, which is mm. resting bitch face. And genetically, I have an RBF my lips kind of point down a little bit. I have this like frown call, this frown wrinkle that comes when I think, and it's deep as hell. And teachers used to ask like, if I was okay, because I was thinking so hard and it looked like I was mad at them, but I was like deep in thought. Cause I go like really deep and the train of thought is a moving fast. And so I've been thinking about RBF. I actually walked into a store and everyone had RBF. The clothes are like neon. The music is pumping and everybody's looking angry. And I wrote about this recently. I know we live in a society where it's like, Hey, men, don't you tell me to smile. And I'm like, dude, I get it as a woman. I get it. And are we ever going to smile? Because I worry about this RBF that I've had, right. As like blocking people have called me intimidating I've been told I don't seem open or approachable, right? So I've worked on a lot of these things because I've asked, do I want to be those things? By the way, if you're listening to this, you don't have to be any of those things, all choice. I want to be, I'm very extroverted. I love talking to people. I'm like, who am I going to meet today that's going to tell me a story that's going to make me feel one way or another that'll expand my emotional spectrum, either polarity. And so I've been thinking a lot about like my own, way that I make eye contact, if any, because I'm walking through the airport and everyone's looking at their phone. No one is looking up. I'm in a coffee shop and everyone's on the phone. Guess what? Including me, including me. And I'm like, wow, 
when I'm on my phone reading a New York Times article, whoo, I have definite RBF. I, I can see it sometimes reflected back in the lens. And I just am curious how we connect now. And so when you say mm-hmm. microdosing community, what if it's eye contact? Mm-hmm. What if it's a smile in the elevator? And that's it. Mm-hmm. I wear weird clothes to create conversation, be it like a pop of color of my shoes, a weird saying on my hat. I like connection through observation. I think that works really well for me. And I can tell if someone's open a conversation or not. Like, hey, I love your butterfly, Doc Martens, because I really authentically do and have considered getting them. Sometimes you can just see. It's like, wow, thanks. I love them too. I thought they were a little much, but I keep wearing them. And I'm like, isn't it fun when we learn something about ourselves through a piece of clothing? Like, how fun to talk to someone to me. And that, like, all my introvert friends are like, okay, that's how you are. But I also just really know intrinsically that humans are wired for connection. If we're going to microdose community, it is going to be in these micro moments and these details of like, I read in the pandemic, someone's like, I haven't touched someone in eight weeks. And I was like, what? Yeah. So how do we even like respect boundaries and respect our innate desires to be human together? So human. I'd say RBS. Check it. Yeah, check it. I love it. I love it so much because I'm also mindful at the, I'm going to call it an awkwardness and that might not be true of introducing yourself or asking someone their name. And you know what, Jack, I hear your voice in the back meeting someone saying, what's your name? I hear it. I hear you not missing that beat. And yet (laughs) I realize that as adults, it doesn't happen all the time. And I'm trying desperately to get to delete my Instagram account. Instagram is like refusing to let me delete it. Yet I am on Facebook because I'm obsessed with marketplace or we have like little local communities. Oh, I love marketplace. I love it. And I have been selling things and I met the president of the Squamish Gardener Association and she came over and bought some rain barrels and I just met a new friend and now I text her pictures of things growing and I'm like, Anna, what should I do with my plants? It's just that connection. And I'm so grateful that I get to meet people with their first name. I guess that's my whole point and asking a name and is like the micro dosing introduction, the micro dosing of eye contact of one access point further that we actually all have a name and you don't even have to tell me your real name. You can make it up when I meet you. I just want to know today. What would you like me to call you? Because I would like to call you by a name. Yeah. Like whenever you're yes. walking your dog, I don't know. There's a lot of dog owners out there now. And I'm talking to someone and I'll get their dog's name. Yeah. And theirs. I'm like, Jackie, <clears throat> that's a human you're talking to. So I noticed it with like yes. a neighbor that I hadn't met before. And he's walking his dog. And <clears throat> I was trying to get my dog. I lost one of my dogs. I don't know if you told you that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. A sweet bear died in January. And I feel like, my big dog moves is like lost without him. Mm. But whenever I walk by another dog and they seem friendly or they say they're friendly, I let my dog say hello for some socialization because we're trying to make sure he's not depressed. <laughs> and yeah, so I met my neighbor. I'm like, oh, I'd love for them to just, can they just hang out for like five minutes? They were like so fun in the snow. And I noticed after like 10 minutes, I still didn't know his name. I said to him, I'm like, I know your dog's name, but I don't know yours. Is that so weird? And so we introduced ourselves. and it created this weird, like just kismet connection where it's like, Oh, you're not a stranger anymore. I know your name. Yeah. There's something about safety there. Like feeling safe obviously is going to be a number one priority. Can knowing their name 
or knowing they live in your neighborhood or that they have a friendly dog support the conversation. There's something for me living in a neighborhood with kids. How do I create a safe environment? Do yeah. I know neighbors' names? Which by the way, I do. And I take them baked goods. Yes, me too. I'm not the best baker, but I try and they don't seem to mind. And I talk to them and I like that. And maybe I'm going yeah. back in time. And I do think things cycle, right? Like mm-hmm. I do think maybe borrowing the cup of sugar is on its way back. Yeah, I With hope so. That, I think we can coexist. I feel right now I've had to compartmentalize and take a break from tech. And honestly, it is where I built my business. It is where I've met the most incredible humans. I know the incredible benefits like you've experienced at Facebook. And will I come back? I have that option still. It's not like I've said no forever. I've said no for right now to explore my thoughts, my creativity, my own different ways of connection, you know? Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, full circle. I mean, it doesn't sound like we're missing the land of Instagram and there's a whole lot else that's out there. And your daughters probably love that. They don't have to ask you to get off Instagram anymore. They just get to ask you to head to the trail. And I love your perspective and I love the micro dosing moments and here for the cup of sugar and the introduction of human to human and pop to pop. And these are the moments. These are the moments. Absolutely. I need to ask you the last question that wraps us in a bow. And that is what is making your heart beat faster these days, my friend? What's making my heart beat? My family is moving from Colorado to Maine. We're taking our lives from the Rocky Mountains, the solidness of the rocks here to the ocean and see what that creates. I told my mother last week or two weeks ago, I said, you know, mom, I just want to keep meeting my children where they are. And I can't wait to do that in a new geography. Mm. I don't think you have to uproot and move to meet people, of course, but it's always been really fulfilling for me. Geography. Like when I moved to Colorado, I immediately bought Chacos and a Patagonia vest. And I'll be curious to see who I become in Maine. I like being inspired by spaces, people, and possibility of something different. And so my heart is beating very fast some days. I'm scared. I don't know anyone in the community we're moving to except sweet mama ocean as they always wave back. Who do you really know? The librarian, the smoothie maker, Okay, I met my librarian on my last trip, Mary Lou. I hope she doesn't listen to this because she'd be so creeped out. But I met Mary Lou, who works at the library. This artist who lives across the street from the smoothie place, I would for sure knock on their door. And my friend from Boulder's mom retired there. So that's who I know right now. I don't have the phone number, so I know them. They probably don't know me. They sure will. And if you're listening to this and you live in Maine, you have a really, really rad new neighbor coming to town. You have a new member of the community. She will do a lot of fun things with you. Her name is Jackie Carr. You can find her at JackieCarr.com. And I love that we're saying, don't go find her on the gram. Find her in real life. That's that. Is there anything else we didn't cover, Jack? Oh, the only thing I think I want to share Another reason to leave the gram was to not write in captions, was to write in long form. 
And so I started a sub stack called optional optimism because it always is. Mm. And I share words, wisdom. If I have some to share one day, haikus and community meetings. And that feels really fun because I always wanted to write Mm. and I wasn't writing because I was marketing Mm. on Instagram. And now I'm really like tomorrow I'll come out with a piece called if they chapped open my body inspired by a poem. And I really am excited to share it because it's really weird and it's really fun. And it's kind of like, not what you expect. And I think that's been fun to explore that in myself. So should you like- Go find you. Yeah. Get up on there. There's cool people on there too. Substack's like all authors sharing a little bit more beyond their book. And I think that's always cool too. Amen. I love it. Thank you for hitting record. Thank you for sharing your time and your truth. And more than anything, thanks for being you in the world. I love that you'll comment on a hat and you'll show up with butterflies and three amazing children that we have faith the future will be better for. Big love, my friend. Thanks. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.